Oh, that our hope and, uh, and our trust would be in Christ alone. There's such, such pull for us to put our hope and trust in other things. And I'm just so grateful that God has uh, offered us new life and hope in Him. Father, I pray that you will be honored today. Uh, I, I pray that we would say yes to whatever you say to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. You may be seated. I know Brett already uh, addressed this, but it is good to see you this morning. Uh, today is one of those days that it would have been so easy, easier, I should say, uh, to just do horizontal meditation and, uh, and not come this morning. So again, thank you for being here. I'm grateful that, uh, that you made a priority to be here and got out in the cold. I have no doubt that God is going to speak to you. One of the things that I want to uh, talk to you, uh, some of you who might be guests, uh, we asked you to find one of the yellow communication cards. Uh, all of us, uh, I'd like for you to take one of those cards, and here's the direction we're going to be praying this week. So if you're on our prayer team, if you will jot down the, the verse in just a moment that you'll see on screen. Uh, and those who are guests, uh, let me tell you, we are a praying church. We pray uh, that God would meet you exactly where you are, and that he would bring about way beyond whatever you could think or imagine. You think the biggest thing could happen, and God takes it to a brand new level, and that's what we want to pray for. Uh, and so we, we want to invite you to write down on the back of that communication card any prayer request. But here's the direction we're going to go this week in our prayer. So prayer team, take, take note of this so you can... Uh, when you get the list of those that fill out prayer requests. Uh, so it was early this week. Uh, I think it was Monday morning. could have been Tuesday morning. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm, I'm out walking Obadiah. I turn the corner, and I am overwhelmed with the sunrise. Uh, and not that I would be up at that time. Uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed that, that what, I was, what I saw, it was so powerful and, and God was, was, was speaking to me and through, the, through the sunrise. And, and I thought, oh, why didn't I bring my, my camera, uh, bring, my, bring my phone? Why didn't I bring it so I could take a picture? Uh, and about three minutes later, I get a text from Karen. And she said she was on her right way to Syracuse and said, you're not going to believe the sunrise I saw. And so she pulled off the road and took a picture. And this is what the picture was. And this is how we're going to pray for all of you who put prayer requests. We're going to pray Daniel 2.22 this week in addition to whatever you asked for. that says this, He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with Him. And where I felt the Spirit of God just speaking to me was... When you look at these trees, they are barren. Many of them are dead. Others are just waiting for something to happen. And there seems to be so little life, no color. And yet when God shows up, look at the beauty of those barren trees. And God wants to bring beauty to 
whatever stage or situation you're in, you are not alone. And where God is, there is light, and he will bring beauty to whatever darkness you may have. And I want to encourage you that you are not alone. And God has plans to give you a future and a hope, regardless. He has plans to give you a future and a hope. It is never too late to ask the light of God to shine where you are. Let's pray. Father, thank you that, um, that your beauty is seen, that you scream through creation. And I pray that none in this room would turn a blind eye, a deaf ear, a hard heart to you. And I believe that you want to bring healing to this group at 11 o'clock. I pray for those who need physical healing. Father, would today be a day that you would just grace them with healing. And I pray that you'd bring relational healing, emotional healing. I pray that you would give wisdom to those who are needing to make decisions for this new year that you would give them godly insight. Father, may our hope be in you, and would you bring light to whatever we face this week as well as this year. And may our hope be in you and in you alone. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have uh, just started our Fiercely Present series, and we are making a big deal about being fiercely present. Uh, the temptation for all of us is that we get distracted without a doubt. And here is what we are talking about when we're saying fiercely present. We want to bring our best to what really matters. Bringing our best, bringing our focus without distraction. Giving what matters, giving it our full attention. Now, the problem with that is, and why we're making a big deal about this, being fiercely present, is this. Because what you give your attention to is the person you become. So don't hide your plane over this. What you and I choose to give fierce attention to is the person that you and I will become. What you and I fill our minds with will shape the trajectory of our character. After all, our life is no more than the sum of what we give our attention to for better or for worse. And so you can see why being fiercely present is so important because as our thoughts and attention go, so goes our life. And so we are talking about how at New Cove, how can we be fiercely present for what really matters? We're defining fiercely present this way. Focus living by having our schedules and habits align with what really matters with emphasis on the last part, having our habits and schedules around what really matters. Now, as you can all imagine, the enemy is distraction. We're all distracted. We know that. As technology changes, it screams for us to give it full attention. Last week, I shared this and left you hanging. Uh, I didn't want to fill in the blank until today. But I did share this with you last, last week, that one study shows that the average person touches their smart, smartphone 2,617 2, times a day. 2,617 times a day. 
and some of you do not believe me, and you think, I don't do that. That, what I did not continue to share, was that is the average. Heavy phone users touch their phones 5,427 times a day which means distraction is all around us. It's difficult for us to be able to get locked and loaded and focused if, if we are totally distracted. And I'm not just down on phones. I'm just saying I'm down on distraction. And that we have to figure out a way that we get fiercely focused. And so the ability to focus now is a superpower in your relationship with Christ. We're going to see that in John 15 in a moment. That being fiercely focused, that becomes a superpower in terms of God's work in your life. I and mean, I'm not talking about being busy. Busy is a condition of the body. And then distraction is a condition of the heart. Okay, one last thing, then we jump into our material today. Here's what John Ortberg said. He said, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith this year. I don't have any concerns that our church will, uh, that any of us are going to turn a blind eye to what God wants to do, renounce our faith. The danger is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of faith. We'll just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Christine Kane put it this way, it's hard to look at Jesus when you're looking at your phone. And so what we want to talk about is, what are we going to be fiercely focused on this year? So today I want to talk about picking up the habit. Picking up the habit, that's going to be your next step, pick up the habit. And here's what I want to do, because if we can pick up the habit, we will be fiercely focused. And here's why I say this, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. Hang on to this. Every system, or I could say every habit that you and I have, is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. Our tendency, let me use the word lag and lead, okay? So a lag is the result. So like our knowledge in this room is a lag measurement. It's a revealer of our lead measurement, which lead measurement is the time we spend reading, contemplating, taking notes, learning, and putting ourselves in a position to learn. Most of us focus on our lag, on the results, when what we need to do is work on our lead measurements, the habit, because every system is perfectly designed to get the results it wants to get. And so what we need to do is address Lead measurements, and we're going to see this in John 15. Jesus talks about lag and lead measurements. Okay, let me give an example that, that, that I can identify with. So my weight is a lag measurement. My weight is a lag measurement. It's a revealer of my lead measurement of how well I am eating and exercising or not eating and exercising the way I should. So you have permission to say, Tim, looks like you need to work on your lead measurements a bit, Tim. So, it, our ten, again, our tendency is to focus on, I want the fruit, or I want whatever. And so Jesus would say, no, 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 no. Let's talk about lead 
measurements. Because here's why. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your system or habits. Whatever your lead measurements, whatever you have in place, whatever your system is that you have in place, that's going to determine where you go in life. And so we want us to make sure that we are focused on our lead measurements, focused on our habits. We're going to pick up the habits. So over the next several months, we're going to, months, next several weeks, we're going to be talking about picking up habits that will help us to be fiercely focused on our walk with God. The, the saying, you don't rise to your level of your goals, you fall to the level of your habits, comes from a guy by the name of James Clear in a book called Atomic Habits. He also said this, ultimately, it's your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. So what Jesus is going to talk about in John 15 are our habits that will get us where we need to go. So have your Bibles, look at John 15. We'll look at verses 1 uh, through 8 this morning. John 15, uh, verses 1 to 8. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be more fruitful. Okay, so let's make sure we're all on the same page. Jesus is the vine. He's the one who produces the fruit. We are the branch. He has our job. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But what he's wanting, he's pruning us. He's putting us in a situation so that we will be fruitful, that we will produce Christ-likeness, that we will live out of the overflow of what he wants to do in us. As the branch, we have two Fiercely focused things to do. Only two. One is that we are to focus on the vine. And two, our job is to hold the fruit. That's it. We don't produce the fruit. We don't do anything other than hold the fruit. And the reason we hold the fruit is because we are connected to the vine. So it's important that we are fiercely focused, fiercely connected to the vine so that the fruit can be produced. Our job is to hold the fruit and let Jesus do the, the, the fruit work in us. Now, here is the lag measure. Here's where Jesus talks about the result. Lag measure. Here this is reveals. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The result is that we bear much fruit and prove to be followers of Jesus Christ. That is the end result. And Jesus spends more time talking about the lead measure, which is this. Remain in me. He talks about our habits. So let's go back to verse 4. Remain in me, that is in the present tense, and it is ongoing. So ongoing time, remaining in him, staying connected in him. Remain in me as I remain in you. You cannot bear fruit by yourself. You can try all you want to try to be Christ-like, and you can't do it on your own. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, listen to the repetition, if you remain in me and I in you, You will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Fiercely 
focused on the habit of staying connected with Jesus Christ. And the result is Christ-likeness. Now, the number one distraction from being fiercely focused is being distracted on ourselves. We tend to start thinking that life is all about us, and we view life through that lens. And that distraction is detrimental to your walk with God. Because distraction and looking at ourselves leads to less than uh, your walk with God. It leads to partial obedience. Because when life is all about you, you pick and choose what you want, what you like. And partial obedience rarely leads to full obedience. Partial obedience tends to lead towards uh, thin living because you're so distracted and everything is about you. And it also leads to blaming. Now you think, where'd you get that? Hello, Adam and Eve. Okay? So that's where we get thin living from. Adam and Eve, they had everything, and they had partial obedience. They were, they were following God in most ways, but this one area, they decide, I'll pick and choose what I want, what looks good to me, what feels right to me. After all, I don't want to miss out. And then they realize they made a huge mistake, and so they don't take responsibility. They just blame it on one another and blame it on the devil. And so as we have the, 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 the distraction is towards ourselves and and that comes very easy for us it's so easy for me to look at life through my lens that's why focused fierce fiercely present with God is important that I'm viewing life through his lens so that I don't fall into partial obedience and that says when you are not connected to the vine you don't produce the fruit and the goal for all of us is to be for fruit to be produced through us because of our walk with God. So, uh, let's talk about focusing on ourselves. If you are one who does our, uh, the daily readings, uh, the Bible.com readings, uh, you're, many of you are doing New, new Year, New Mercies with uh, Dr. Tripp. This was day three, and this was huge. Here's what he said. When we focus on ourselves... In a moment, our thoughts can seem more important than they actually are. It's not saying your, our thoughts aren't important, but if we're not careful, our thoughts can seem more important than they actually are. In a moment, our emotions can seem more reliable than they really are. Again, nothing wrong with emotions, but if we're not careful, our emotions can seem more reliable than they really are. In a moment, our needs can seem more essential than they really are. Again, not saying you don't have needs, but our tendency is we can think that our needs are all that matters. Thinking we can get along fine apart from him, which keeps us from the gift of the power of God in our lives. So how do we stay fiercely focused? It is spending time alone with God, habitual time alone with God to keep us, to save us from ourselves. Look at verse 7. If you remain in me, and it's, and the, it's a big if... If, if you choose to remain in me, and it's a choice we have, if you choose to remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, what does that mean? I can get whatever I want. 
when we align our lives to the Bible, He changes our heart towards what matters. He directs us in how we deal with opportunities. He directs us in, in ways that we work through issues, whatever, whatever may come our way, as we are letting Him be the lens by which we look at life. He's the one who changes us. So we begin to ask for things that He wants us to ask for because we're looking at Him and putting our hope and trust in Him. If you remain in me, my words remain in me, you can ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. And this again is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving that you are a follower, a learner of mine. What is a disciple? It's a learner. And how do you prove your learning? Through your lead measurement, your time setting up the system to spend time to learn from him. So how do we do this? It's through our walk and listening to the relationship with, uh, with Jesus through God's word. Let me put it this one way, and then we'll look at, at some scripture uh, to back up this. Uh, your system is like the trellis for the vine and, uh, and the branch. The, the system, the habit, simply gives an opportunity for you to be able to grow in Christ-likeness. Your habitual time alone with God is the trellis by which God can then build your life out. It gives structure to you so that you're not just depending on a word here or there, but you have consistent input. You might jot these down to remind you the power of God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, not some. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God. And notice what it's, it's useful to teach us what's true. It's useful to te- help us realize what's wrong. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Fiercely present in reading God's word. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our intentions. How about this? Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so we come back to say it is so important that we, we are fiercely present alone with God and fiercely present with a habit of reading God's word, of getting the truth into us. And why, why do we say that we at New Cove, we keep saying, what does God's word say? Let's align our lives to it. What does God's word say? Let's align, align our lives to it. Here's why we say that. I feel like this was best put this way. If you're not confident in and committed to the authority of the Scriptures, you'll be vulnerable to what sounds and feels right. Because sometimes our thoughts aren't exactly the way God wants them to be. Sometimes our intentions are not. And we can't trust on ourselves, but we can trust God's Word. And so we align our lives to what God has to say. If you're not yet convinced, let me have you look at the common denominator in these in the following passages. And let's land on the common denominator. Jesus taught us, Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, not if, when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. Go to your room, Shut the door. Mark 1, 35.
Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everybody's looking for you. Get back to work. Jesus replied, we must go to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. He was wanted here, and God directed him elsewhere. How do you know? Because he spent time alone with the Father. Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Mark 6, 46, after telling everybody goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself. Common denominator, habitual time with God and alone. Habitual time with God and fiercely focused. He was alone in the wilderness, away from other people. So let's put it into total application because we're going to challenge you to be fiercely focused this month, but in particular this week, in your time alone with God. So here are the three things I want you to do when you read your scripture. I want you to do these three things. Read, reflect, and respond. Read, reflect, and respond. When you read the passage that you will have, ask this question, what is the text saying? You're just summarizing. What is the text saying? Reflect. What is God leading me to do? What is he leading me to, or who is he leading me to be? What's he leading me to do through this passage? And then respond, what am I going to do about it? What is my response? What's my next step that I'm going to take? So let's practice, okay? So I'm going to throw a passage up, and I want you to go through the three things. It won't, it's not rocket science here, and we'll work with it. So Revelation 3.20, which is spoken by God to followers of Jesus. It is not written to non-believers. He's writing to the church. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Okay. Read, reflect, and respond. What is the text saying? What is God leading you to do, having read that passage? And what are you going to do about it? Here are my takeaways. Here's what the text was saying to me. God goes where he's wanted. If you open the door, he comes in. God goes where he's wanted, where he's welcomed. He's asking me to open my door, open my life to him, whatever is going on. And he's asking me to schedule recurring time with Jesus. To schedule not just a one-time event, but recurring time with him. That he would hang out with me. Pick up the habit. So 
uh, our worship team came to the platform. Will you turn in your worship guide to page four? I want to want to challenge you for this week. Page four in your worship guide. Those uh, of you who are using the Bible.com reading and you're good with that, uh, many of us started last week on New Year, New Mercies. It's a 15-day read, and so it's, we're still going on with that. It's not too late to start that reading. It is an amazing study. There are other Bible reading plans, EPIC, which our student ministry is led out in, and many of us are using that. It, a lot of options in Epic 1, Epic 2, Epic 3. It gets you through the Bible. The Bible Project has so a plethora of options of, of interest of what you might be interested in reading. So if you are comfortable using Bible.com, there are some options. If you want to just get away from your phone or your laptop, just open your Bible. There are some options here. Read through the book of Mark. Just slowly, don't try to get through it, let it get into you. And so slowly read through it, looking at three questions every time you read a chapter. Or, day one this week, read Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Read, reflect, respond. Day two, Psalm 139. Day three, Psalm 46. The next day, Romans 12. The next day, day five, Colossians 3, day 6 and 7, get caught up. Asking these three questions, what is the text saying to me? What is God leading me to do? And what am I going to do with what he's led me to do? If you need further help, we would be honored to come alongside and help you get connected and be fiercely focused in your walk with God. Fiercely present is where we're headed today. It's pick up the habit. If you, on your... Uh, communication card, write, pick up the habit. I will pray for you every day when I'm uh, up and reading through the prayer requests as well and pray that God uh, will speak clearly to you. Uh, let's pray together. Father, may, uh, may you speak clearly. May we hear from you. May, you. may we come to you every day and just say, speak to me, say the word. And Father, I know that you've said that you go where you're welcome. May we have an open door with you. And would you speak to us? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a guest, all we ask is that you just drop your communication card in the offering bag. The rest of us uh, will take care of the finances of our church. We are a liberally giving church, liberal giving church. And I appreciate uh, your, your uh, giving. It makes a difference and keeps us moving forward. So let's give our offerings during this time.